0: You're not Pastor Greg. I know, I'm Micah. If you're not from here, uh, Pastor Greg is the one who normally preaches on a Sunday. And he is watching online from a beach, looking at the waves come in, watching Flipper jump out of the ocean with his wife, Amber. And they're in Florida. Can we give it up for our pastors, y'all? They're awesome, they're great. And for those of you where it's your first Sunday, it's nice to meet you. Uh, I typically am not here. This is my home church. I travel full time on the road across America, uh, literally preaching to thousands of people. Uh, In fact, just a cool update, a cool report. This last weekend, I was in Oregon, in the middle of nowhere in Oregon, y'all. And I had to drive through the mountains of Oregon in the evening. There were rams coming out of the thicket. There were deers trying to destroy my life. True story. I've driven through Idaho, Montana, through Utah. I've driven through the most craziest forests that the world has to offer. It is freaky driving in the mountains, you know. I'd rather take a Minnesota highway any day. I just would. It's see, it's a cakewalk. And so I'm driving in Oregon. I'm like, where is this pastor leading me? Is he leading me to kill me? Like, where am I going? So I, I show up at this base camp, this camp, okay? And I'm like, where is this craziness? My phone doesn't work. I have no service. And uh, crazy, I end up preaching to 350 teenagers this last weekend. And here's, what, here's, the, here's what's crazy. Hold on, it gets crazier. The camp that I'm at was a cult terrorist camp. Okay, true story, there's a Netflix documentary, I'm not gonna give you the name, because it's scary, okay? But true story, there was this Rajneesh terrorist group, a cult group, that brought in people from around the world, did crazy stupid things, uh, they were racist. Uh, they did child sacrifices, crazy stuff. The FBI busted them in the 1980s. A Washington beef rancher, y'all, comes in with $53 million cash, buys the cult camp, flips it, turns it into a Christian young life camp. Yeah. Y'all, it gets crazier. Where I'm preaching, the 350 kids, just behind me by like 15 feet, is where they did these stupid, crazy child sacrifices. I'm preaching last weekend, and I watched 100 teenagers give their life to Jesus. Y'all, the reason why I say that is because God always takes what the enemy meant for evil, and he flips it on its stupid head and turns it into something amazing. He always brings his life where there is death. And so I just had to share that crazy awesome update of what God's doing around the country. If you would stand with me for the reading of today's text, uh, if you're new here, uh, we just do this every Sunday. Uh, we believe in God's word, we preach God's word, and we stand for God's word to honor what it says. Um, I'm preaching a message uh, titled This Kind. This kind. You'll see why this is the title of today's message. We're smack dab in the middle of a series called The Jesus Way. Um, As followers of Christ, we want to know His way. We want to follow His way. We want to find out what He was about, not what we're about or the opinions of today. We want to be all about His way. That's why we've titled this We're going through the Gospel of Mark to clearly look at Jesus. In his way. Last week, Pastor Greg preached a message that was really difficult to hear. In fact, anytime you preach a message about Jesus, it's gonna be difficult to hear. And he preached a message uh, right there in Mark about how we die to ourselves. We pick up our cross daily and follow Jesus. And if you're thinking, oh, Pastor Micah's preaching, this is going to be inspiring. I can't wait. It's going to feel rosy and good. No, this one's hard, y'all. This one's a hard one, okay? But stick with me. It's going to be challenging, and we're going to look at Jesus's way together. Mark chapter 9, verse 14, uh, it starts off by saying this. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, the teachers of the law arguing with them. This is my favorite verse coming up in verse 15. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder. They ran to greet him. I love this. You see this picture of people seeing Jesus and the thought within their heart stirring within them is this heart of wonder. And they're running to meet him. I'm concerned that one of the things we've lost in our church, not Zoe, church at large, is this place of wonder of Jesus, this place of excitement of who Jesus is. Some of us will stare at our watches today wondering when service will get out, when we've replaced time with wonder, busyness with wonder. God, may our church get back to being a church of wonder about Jesus, of running to Jesus. Wherever Jesus is, we choose to show up and wonder and be caught in him. It goes on in the story. The reason why there's a commotion is because a dad has a son who's demonically possessed. This demon has been torturing this young boy for years, ever since he was a child, foaming at the mouth, thrown into fires, convulsing, um, um, crazy things happening in this boy's life. Well, this dad, who's desperate, brings his boy to his disciples, thinking that his disciples could cast out the demon. If you look at Mark chapter 6, three chapters earlier, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two to cast out demons and they did it. Well, this dad brings this boy to, to these disciples and the disciples can't cast out the demon. There's this commotion going on. The boy's acting out. The father's desperate. People are gathering around. Now they're getting into debates. I'm sure the disciples are scratching their head being, why the junk? Is this demon not being cast out? What's going on? And then Jesus shows up on the scene and the dad says to Jesus, I brought my boy to your disciples, but they couldn't cast out the demon. May we never be a church where someone says, I showed up to your church and there was nothing that took place. I showed up to your church and there was nothing that happened. May we be a church who's full of love. May we be a church who's full of Jesus and full of faith. Because there's people who are coming who need a place to see breakthrough happen. So may we not be a church where we don't lack any faith. May we be on the edge of our seat. Saying, hey, I brought him to Zoe and something showed up. I brought him to Zoe and my friend met Jesus. I brought him to Zoe and the presence of Jesus was here. There are seven sermons just in this text, y'all. This isn't even the main thing. We're just getting going. Jesus comes on the scene. He takes care of the demon. He says, everything is possible for the one who believes. Truly, everything's possible. He delivers this boy. And then the disciples wisely pulled Jesus aside. In verse 28, it says, after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Reasonable question. I would ask the same thing. Just a couple chapters ago, we were casting out demons, but now why can't we drive it out? what's going on, what's, what's happening. And this is where the title of today's message comes. In verse 29, Jesus replied, this kind, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. And you're looking at the screen saying it doesn't say fasting. In other manuscripts, it does. In other passages of scripture, it says fasting as well. Through prayer And fasting this kind, you mean there's a different level? Yeah. You mean there's a different level to break through? Yeah. You mean there's strongholds that take a certain kind of method? Yeah. This kind, this kind. Jesus refers it, not us. This kind can only come out through prayer and through fasting. And today, I want to pastor our church on what it means to pray and what it means to fast. Because I'm convinced one of the greatest Jesus ways that we're missing in the West is how many sermons do you ever hear on his way of prayer and fasting. And I want to help us today because this kind, this kind requires a different level, a different kind. Jesus, help us today to have this kind of faith, to be like Jesus and follow not our opinions, but to follow the Jesus way. In your name, amen. Y'all can have a seat. Um, I want to start off with our big so what today. If you're brand new, you're like, what do you mean big so what? Well, usually after we preach the Bible, we tell you, here's the big so what of this whole message. Here's the whole point we want you to gather. So here's my big so what for you today. I'm starting off right away. Is that there are certain things that won't change without fasting and prayer. There are certain things we won't see moved. There are certain strongholds. We are in a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual fight. There are strongholds that exist in our families. There are strongholds that exist in our personal lives. There are strongholds that exist in our cities. There are strongholds that exist in the nations. And Jesus says this kind, fasting, therefore, are certain things that won't change without fasting and prayer. And I want to start off with a story with my little girl can put up a picture of my little girl, Everly. She's five. She's in our kids' church over here. And uh, I remember a specific morning, I was fasting and praying. I wasn't eating food, but I was praying. And uh, my daughter, my son, and my wife, they go and sit down to eat breakfast. And I'm over on the couch. And my daughter, she's five, she goes, Dad, you, you're going to eat with us, right? And I look at my little girl. I'm going, No. Not gonna to eat today. Well, why aren't you gonna eat? Do you usually eat breakfast with us? Well, today, Everly, I'm fasting and I'm praying. My daughter looks at me, she goes, Dad, what's fasting? What in the world is fasting? I said, Everly, fasting is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. So she looks at me, she goes, Wait a second. So you're not gonna eat at all? I said, No, I'm praying and I'm fasting. And she looks at me, she goes, You're weird. You're really weird, Dad. You're a weird guy. And I think her response might be really close to some of our responses when we hear a message on prayer and fasting. That's weird. In fact, the moment you said you're going to teach us about prayer and fasting, I was kind of like, honey, I told you we shouldn't have gone today. The Super Bowl's coming up. He's going to tell me not to eat but pray instead of watching the game. No, not really. I'll let God deal with you. But here's the deal, y'all. Did you realize restaurants and food companies spent $14 billion on us? You want to know why? Because they know the cravings that lie inside of us and our cravings for food. And so you can't teach a message on prayer and fasting and not bring some food to get people excited for lunch in a little bit. So what's under my handy-dandy little black, I don't know. We'll see. So what do we got today here? Well, what did I bring today? Let's see. Oh, Chick-fil-A on Sunday. Anybody love Chick-fil-A in the house? That good original chicken, crispy Christian chicken. Come on. And I know there's people in the audience right now. You're like, no, it's fake. Nope. That's fake because it's closed on Sunday. And believe me, I've wanted to take my kids after church, but it's always closed. No, it's open. You're like, no, it's just a bag. Oh, really? You think it's just a bag? Well, here's a chicken sandwich, y'all. You thought it was closed. Some of you are like, oh, it's empty. It's an empty bag. Oh, can you mistake the waffle fries then? Huh? You thought I was a cheater. Some of you are wondering, how does he have access to Chick-fil-A? I thought it was closed. Well, it's all about who you know. You thought it was closed. It ain't. Some of you love chicken. Ooh, what about a good Chipotle goodness burrito? Anybody love Chipotle in here? You're just a... No one? Okay, just me. All right, great. Here's my Chipotle order. double wrap burrito, chicken, white rice, little bit of black beans, lettuce, sour cream cheese. I'll skip on the guac, because it's too expensive. Okay? <laughs> gotta get me some Chipotle after church, babe. I'm gonna bring the kids, get a chicken deal. Ooh, anybody love Cain's chicken? Any Cane's chicken fans in here? Oh, there's the cheers. Chipotle, you're a sore loser. Cane's is where it's at. Look at this. Oh, my word. No. Texas toast, warm, buttery garlic. I'm going to change your life with this one. You want to know what you do? Instead of dipping your chicken in the cane sauce, try dipping the Texas toast in the cane sauce. It will change your life. Anybody want to fry? Anybody? Yeah, please come. Please. Please come. Yeah, please. Yeah. yep. Please come. Please. Please come. I'm teaching on prayer and fasting, and you have the audacity to eat a fry. There you go. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Truly. Some people really view the church that way, and that's straight up ain't Jesus at all. You got to run from that junk. Cain's chicken. What? Oh, you thought I was done. No, no, no. You thought I was done. Anybody love the OG? Wait, timeouts before I go on to that. Okay, you tell me: Canes, Chicken, or Chick-fil-A? Which one? Huh? Canes. Canes wins. They said Canes in the first service, too. Congratulations, anybody love McDonald's, the OG McDonald's? Thank you for my friend, thank you, thank you. McDonald's with the nice cheeseburger, which by the way, you know McDonald's has the best fries. You know that, right, out of any place? You know they have, I have someone nodding with me over there. Thank you. You wanna know why they're the best? You don't know this, but now you do. It's because they put a hint of sugar in their fries. It gets you coming back like a mouse wanting cheese. Okay, It's really good. McDonald's, all right? And then you can't forget dessert. Anybody ever seen crumble cookies before? I just saw a woman go, oh, my way. That's what I want. I want crumble. Yeah. Well, you know what? This just made its way to Minnesota. It's brand new. You can find it in Apple Valley. Go treat yourself to some sugar nectar from heaven, okay? They have all different kinds of cookies. And you're wondering, they're paying this guy to show off his food. No, this is just me trying to illustrate a point that the same craving that leads us to splurge on food is the same craving that leads us into sin, y'all. That same craving that we have for our flesh to feast or whatever is the same exact craving that leads us into actions that we never said we do that we find ourselves God in. You're like, whoa, 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 that's not biblical. What do you mean? Hold on there, little boy, you crumble cookie kid. Hold on. No, let me explain it to you. Oh, don't you remember that in the beginning when Satan tempted man, it says she saw the food and saw that it was pleasing to the eye. Y'all, Satan actually used food to get the first people ever created to be separated from God. It was this desire that says, I want this, and I don't want God. I want what feeds me and not what feeds God. You might be thinking, oh, that's one instance in Scripture. No, there's a lot. What about Esau, the firstborn? He trades his birthright for a cup of stew, y'all. He was supposed to be the one that was blessed. He was supposed to be the one in position. Here, he straight up sold his birthright for a, let's just substitute a McDonald's chicken sandwich. You might be thinking, oh, that's great. That's one story. What else? No, what about the Israelites who were let out of slavery? They literally ate themselves out of the promised land that God wanted to bring them into, all because they were hungry. And they didn't want the food that God gave them. When in reality, the food that God gave them was nutritious. It was healthy. It was a well-balanced diet to get them into the promised land. They exchanged the food that God made. All for something that was back in captivity and back in slavery. Oh, what about Satan? And tries to do the same exact stupid thing he did with Adam and Eve. With Jesus. Forty days he fasted and prayed. Forty days. Forty days. And at the very end, he shows up and looks at Jesus. Hey, why don't you take those stones and turn it into bread? Satan doesn't use new tricks. The cravings of the lust of the eyes, the flesh, our own cravings, our own sinful cravings is very similar to this craving for more, more consumption, more food. I need more of this, more of that. And last week, if you didn't see Pastor Greg's message, I'd really encourage you. Because when Jesus says, I encourage you to pick up your cross daily and follow me, what fasting is, is literally less of you and more of God. Less of us and our desires and our wants. So to Pastor Greg's message, I'll just tack on a challenge. You want to know what it means to die daily? Then learn what it means to abstain from what you want for what you need most in giving God your life. Some of you are here today, like, well, what is fasting exactly? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to help you understand what it is. Here's what fasting is. Well, biblical fasting. Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. This is the most important part. It is for a spiritual purpose. It is abstaining from food for a period of time, all for a spiritual purpose, I'm not going to eat today, just like my daughter. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'm going to grow my faith in Jesus. Here's what fasting is not. Biblical fasting is not a weight loss program. Hear me. When you fast, that can be a byproduct. You might lose weight. That's pretty common. But this is not it. This is not it. This is not the motivation. It is not a weight loss program. There might be some, some man in here who's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast and I'm going to pray. This is going to be great. And then some person at church can be like, dang, where would you lose all this weight from? Oh, I fasted. I'm on a fasting diet. No, that's not the point. That's not what fasting is. It's also not a tool to try and pry wisdom out of God. It's not you manipulating the arm of God. Hey, God, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm abstaining food, so now you respond now. You do it now, God, because look at me. Look at what I'm doing for you. I'm tr- that is not fasting. Prayer and fasting from a biblical standpoint is abstaining from this so you can have more of him in your life. It's dying to yourself. Here's what else fasting is. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this is Jesus didn't suggest it, he expects it. He didn't suggest fasting as a band-aid for problems. Oh, you you want to feel a little bit better about yourself? You should try fasting and try praying. No, it it was never a suggestion. It was never if, it was when. And in scripture, in Matthew 6, when he's giving the Sermon on the Mount, you notice what Jesus says when he talks about prayer and fasting? He says, when you pray... When you fast, when you pray and when you fast, the whole reason why we're doing a series called the Jesus way is to literally lead you to his words. When he says, when you pray and when he expected it and he said, when you pray, shut the door in your room where no one can see you. Because there's those who pray in public for everyone to see them. And they're kind of doing it for themselves and their own glory and praises. But when you pray, shut the door in your room. And what your heavenly father sees you doing in secret, he will reward you. When you fast, don't post on social media. Hey, everyone, I'm going to go on a fast, 40 days. I'm going to lose weight, look good. I'm going to get closer to Jesus. I just want everyone to know about it. <laughs> Jesus says, when you fast... Don't tell anyone about it. No one needs to know. Take a shower. Do your hair. Look like you're normal. Don't tell people that you're fasting. Keep it. Between you and the Father, for what your Father sees you doing in secret, he will reward you. I wonder how many rewards we miss out on in Christ, all because we don't follow the Jesus way. And I am sorry if we've presented a form of Christianity that's all about you. Because the last time I read my Bible, Christianity is all about him. It's all about following his way. I'm sorry if we've boiled Christianity down to a cup of coffee and reading the Bible for five minutes. I'm sorry if we've presented Christianity as just hopping on. On Instagram getting your daily Bible verse and you're good. Y'all following Christ is straight up dying to yourself, picking up your cross, following Him, learning how to fight with prayer and fasting. What could happen if a church, a whole church, would learn how to pray and fast? What would happen if we would catch God's ways, God's heart? How for this kind comes out through prayer and fasting. I've seen entire organizations, I've read books upon books where ordinary men and women would pray and fast and watch God do the miraculous tons of times. Do you know there's people around the world that don't have church buildings, they don't have screens, they don't have lights, they don't have all this stuff, but know what they have? Jesus. And they have prayer and they have fasting. Whole church planning movements are popping up all over the world. How? How? Prayer and fasting. Sick people are getting healed. How? Prayer and fasting. Prayer isn't just a one-time thing. It ain't even for a meal. Prayer was meant to be a lifestyle. Pray in the spirit on all occasions, on all saints, for all people everywhere. Pray. Thank Jesus. Rejoice. This is the will of God for your life. Prayer and fasting. I'm teaching you what this is. I'm going to get real practical in a little bit. But here's the deal. Jesus, he didn't just expect it from us. He modeled it. Do you realize when Jesus first started his ministry, it didn't start with preaching and doing. It started by the spirit leading him out into the wilderness for 40 days. Y'all, it was God's idea to send his very own son to go spend 40 days in the wilderness to pray. And to fast jesus started his ministry hungry. He ended his ministry thirsty If the son of god the messiah had to pray and fast How much more do you and I need to know how to pray and know how to fast? This was the life of jesus. He modeled it for us. He said now you go and do likewise I love following a savior who doesn't preach great sermons But he lives them, and he modeled it for you and I I want to teach you what this looks like Number two, this is one of my favorites, is prayer and fasting is the Jesus way. Breakthrough. I love this. This is when I get really excited. I can't wait for this one. It's the Jesus way to breakthrough. In culture and society, the way to breakthrough is more money, more power, more influence. The way to breakthrough is better leadership talks, better leadership lessons. The way to breakthrough is to start hanging out with millionaires and billionaires who can move and shift things. The way to breakthrough is becoming a president of the United States. The way to breakthrough in the world's way is power and influence. The way to breakthrough God's way is through humbling yourself, becoming less. Less and less so he can become greater and greater. The way to breakthrough is the way that doesn't make sense to man. It's humbling yourself, praying and fasting and watching God bring the breakthrough. Prayer and fasting sets the stage for God to appear. Prayer and fasting doesn't twist the arm of God. It doesn't manipulate him to be a genie in the bottle. Prayer and fasting sets the stage for God to do it his way, his timing and his will in our life. He brings supernatural breakthrough. And you know what I know? Is if you're like me, you need a whole lot of breakthrough. Because I got people in my life who can't get pregnant, and they need a breakthrough. I got my very close friends who are walking away from Jesus. They want nothing to do with them. I got people in my life who are blind who need a breakthrough. I got people in my life who have cancer who need a breakthrough. I have issues in my own life where I need God to do a breakthrough. And so why do we pray and fast? It sets the table for God to appear you know what I've noticed is every time I'm praying fast, it doesn't always change what I want. It always changes what I need inside of me. God shows up and changes my heart. Y'all, I come from a line of brokenness, a line of sin. I come from a line of affairs and a line of divorce. I come from a line of major addictions. You know what history says is my future? History is supposed to tell me my future is addictions, affairs, cheating on my wife, having all these sorts of scandals. That's what my future is supposed to say about me based on my history. And the whole reason why I fast and why I pray is because I know that my heart above all is deceitful. And I need it to be submitted to the one who can change me, mold me, and shape me into the man he's called me to be. We need a breakthrough in our life. And I'm afraid some of us are handling spiritual problems with natural tendencies, and we never see the breakthrough God wants us to experience. You notice in the story, there was a son who'd been battling with demon possession. He had major walls built up in his life. And if you didn't know, um, I'm going to let you know, Satan has plans for your life you're like, well, that's not in the Bible. Oh, go read Ephesians 6. (laughs) Oh, I'm serious. Go read Ephesians 6. Because you want to know what it says? It says that Satan actually has schemes for our life, and we're called to stand strong in the Lord and stay far from the schemes. Unfortunately, there was a young boy in Scripture who had major walls of demonic oppression, demonic torture in his life, and it literally was destroying this kid's life. For some of us, we don't have demons in our life, but we have marriages that are falling apart. We have kids that are walking away from Jesus that are far from them. We have lies trying to consume our mind and consume our heart. And some of us, we're living a life that has walls insulated around us to where, yeah, you can hear me, but you can't really see me. And what these walls do is they literally keep us outside of God's freedom and God's breakthrough. And the disciples showed up and saw a boy who was caged, shackled, and imprisoned. And when Jesus showed up and cast the demon out, the disciples asked him, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus says, this kind, this kind. It doesn't come out with natural methods. And some of us are fighting spiritual problems with Nerf guns, thinking we can take the wall And so we reload with ammunition. Oh, I'll just, I'll just get on a better program. I'll just read more self-help books. This will take the wall down. Oh no, that really didn't seem to do it. Well, I'll just start. Uh, I'll just start uh, uh, eating better, uh, eating, getting more sleep. That will bring those spiritual walls down in my life. No, that really didn't seem to work either. Well, I'll just try to make more money because if I had more money, that would really solve this issue of of not feeling happy. And well, that didn't seem to really work. Well, actually, I'll just try influencer, spending more money on my body. Maybe if I look prettier, I'll start to feel more healthy. No, that really didn't tear down the spiritual wall. And it's like we're fighting spiritual problems. Things. Go going on in our minute marriages, bitterness, unforgiveness, we're attempting to use natural solutions. And clearly we're seeing that this kind doesn't really cut it. Doesn't cut it. And we need a breakthrough. And we need God to show up and have this kind. And Jesus says you want to know what that looks like? This kind? It's not through what you've been trying or attempting to do. It's not through your own strength. It's not through your own ways. It's not through your own methods. This kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. And this kind has a different kind of method. This kind requires a different kind of thing. A spiritual problem demands a spiritual answer. And when you decide to pray and fast, it pulls out the heavy artillery. You ain't no longer fighting with the Nerf gun. You got a heavy artillery. It's God's way of prayer and fasting that brings breakthrough in your life. Some of us have got to exchange the Nerf gun for a knockout punch. And prayer and fasting isn't just one meal a day. It's not just one meal a week. It's a lifestyle, y'all, of daily laying your life down and seeking Him first. Aaron, I'm sorry if you got scared there of a box landing on you. Aaron is in the front row here, and every time I preach, he never knows what's going to happen. What's going to take place? Love you guys. I wanna teach you how to do this now. You understand, you see the solution. Now I wanna teach you how to do this. Um, Every year of my life, um, I have a prayer and fasting routine. And um, in the beginning of my year, I'll do an extended fast. And um, usually it's seven to 40 days. Why seven? Well, seven's a biblical number. 21 is the 21-day fast Daniel did. You can read about it. 40, that's the number Jesus did. And um, when I fast, I don't fast social media. I don't fast video games. I fast food. Because the fast I read about in scripture is food. And so I don't eat. And instead of eating... I have a journal, I have a Bible. And I go to a room where usually no one sees me and I open up my Bible and I just allow the scriptures to read me. I allow the scriptures to marinate in my heart and my mind. And then I'll begin to journal about what I read. I'll journal things that God's speaking to me about. And then I'll take a moment, I'll close my eyes and I'll just listen. Shut out all distractions and say, God, speak to me. Show me where I've gotten this wrong. Can I tell you, no joke. Every time I've done a fast, it has detoxed strongholds, sins, and walls I didn't even know were in my life. God shows me things. You have to understand, I come from a line of brokenness. I have so much junk in my life. Through prayer and fasting, God has shown me over and over areas in my life that grieve him. Things my grandparents did that I didn't know or I'd forgotten that I forgave them about. There are three categories that I use for prayer and fasting, and it's all biblical. You have a sheet when you walked in, and on the sheet it says breakthrough and blessings. The middle on that sheet should say spiritual insight, and I'm sorry, I didn't put that on there. That's my fault. I have three categories how I pray and fast. The first one is breakthroughs. It's on your sheet and I write down a list of every breakthrough I need in my family, every breakthrough I need with friends, every breakthrough I need in my neighborhood, people who don't know Jesus, I write their names down. Because here's the deal, I need breakthrough, my neighborhood needs breakthrough, our city and country needs breakthrough. I write these things down to submit to God. And then the middle category is spiritual insight, okay? Which by the way, breakthrough, Y'all, fasting in the Bible is all about breakthrough. Esther calls a fast and sees breakthrough from the enemies. Moses starts a fast and gets the 10 commandments. Jesus does a fast and defeats the temptation of Satan. All over scripture, whenever there was a fast, you see breakthrough. And the only time you don't see breakthrough to a fast is when it's impure motives and wickedness in the heart. Okay, so I have three categories. God, give me spiritual insight. This is where I stop and listen. I cannot tell you how many times God's revealed things to me, shown me things. My wife and I have had conversations where God shows me something and we talk about it, even down to a, hey babe, watch out for this guy. There's something I feel in my heart that God's showing me, you need to watch your interactions with this guy. And she does the same for me. It's God giving us insight. Number 3 blessings Did you know following the fast there is all over scripture in Joel in Isaiah you see blessing follow fast So in this category of blessings I'm praying blessings over my family I'm praying blessings over our staff at Zoe I'm praying blessings over Greg and Amber I'm praying God keep us far from evil. Keep us humble. May we fear you and hate what is evil. God, keep this church on fire for you. God, every Sunday may our church see lost people come to know you. God, every week may people be discipled and growing in Christ. Praying for our church, God's blessing on it. Praying for my family, God's blessing. Praying for other evangelists that God would bless their ministries. Literally pray blessings can I just tell you, in the five years of our traveling ministry, I have watched God do crazy miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, and had God not done any miracle, it still would have been worth praying and fasting. Three categories I pray over. I'll usually turn worship music on, and so here's the challenge that I want to leave with you today. The challenge that I want to point, you can put it up, is find a day once a week, every week, to fast and pray. Now, let me give some context here. For those who've never prayed and fasted in your life, I would encourage you, try one meal. One meal a week. And in that time, you abstain from food. You might go to Chipotle on Friday as well. I'm not going to eat that at lunch. And instead, I'm going to have it be a, for a spiritual purpose. And I'm going to draw near to Jesus in this mealtime where I would normally eat and dedicate that to time with Jesus. That's prayer and fasting. That's what that looks like. So my challenge to our church, find one meal every week, somewhere in the week where you could abstain from it and begin to pray and fast. And watch how when you hunger for him and lay aside your hunger for yourself, watch as he begins to change your heart. Watch as he begins to change your life. That's my challenge. And today, you might be in the room hearing a challenge like this. You could be feeling guilty. You might even be feeling ashamed. You might even be feeling, oh, I'm a bad Christian. Stop it. Stop it. The reason why we're ending with communion today is to bring our church not to a place of merely effort, but bringing our church to a place to realize that we don't earn salvation. It's a free gift. And the reason why we do communion is to remember what Christ did for you and I. Let me just say this last thing. Prayer and fasting can't save your soul. Prayer and fasting can't even forgive your sins. Only the blood of Jesus can wash your sins away. Only what Jesus did for you and I can save you and set you free. But when we pray and fast, we partner with him to live in his freedom and practice ruling and reigning with Jesus. In just a little bit, I'm going to have someone come up and close our service today. Before I do that, I just want to give this one last tidbit. Um I would caution you from prayer or from fasting. You can pray. I would caution you with fasting if you have a medical issue where you are by doctor's supposed to be on a certain diet. I want to caution don't feel like man, I got to use wisdom. If you're struggling with an eating disorder and that is just messing you up, use wisdom. Seek counsel. Um, I I just want to caution that for our church. Um, But I want to invite up in a little bit Pastor Ryan Skoog. The whole reason why I know how to pray and fast is because someone modeled it for me, it was my youth pastor, Pastor Ryan. He would invite me before service to show me how to pray. We would have prayer meetings at his house. As a student leader, a teenager, he would look at me and say, hey, students, we're gonna pray and we're gonna fast, and I'm gonna teach you how to do this. Jesus modeled it. Pastor Ryan showed me what it looked like. Here's what you don't know about Pastor Ryan. He has since gone on to oversee multiple organizations, one of them being a nonprofit called Venture. Our church, Zoe, gives to Kingdom Builders and supports Venture. You might be thinking, well, what does Venture do? Venture rescues women and children out of sex trafficking. It goes to the unreached areas of the world and plants churches. It raises up church planters and leaders to go bring the gospel, natives, locals to do the reaching. Y'all, our church purchased and bought a border patrol station to rescue women out of children. Pastor Ryan helps oversee that. Our church is a part of that. You wanna know what their whole method is in Nepal? Prayer and fasting prayer and fasting and they're watching the church grow they're watching church plants pop up everywhere young women and children are being rescued our church is a part of this and there is something that happened recently in pastor ryan's home with his own daughter and i believe what he's going to share will help tie this message from prayer and fasting to where we're going with communion would you help me welcome pastor ryan Skugas? he comes and shares (laughs)
1: So about a year ago, um, my daughter out of the blue, she was dealing with some, like many of you uh, in COVID, with some depression, anxiety, but it started coming from a really weird source. She started having this nightmare every night, and it was a recurring nightmare that was super intense, and we, we work in some difficult areas in Nepal, and she had this nightmare where... Demons would show up to her in the nightmare and say, We are going to torture the girls in Nepal and you can't stop us. And then graphic image after graphic image. And she would wake up. They were so traumatizing. She would wake up puking at night. And it happened every single night. She couldn't, she didn't want to go to sleep because she was so scared. She would wake up and she would say, Daddy, make it stop. Daddy, make it stop. And my heart as a dad just broke. And so night after night, I started laying on the ground in front of her door at night praying and crying out to God. And I felt like God brought this verse to my heart saying, this kind, you're up against something big. And I I prayed night after night, and we're talking months after month of every single night, the same nightmare. She couldn't sleep, and then she would actually sleep in school. She was failing all of her classes It was very intense. She was doubting if God even loved her because these things were so intense. And so the Lord just put on my heart, prayer and fasting to break through this kind. This is something big. And so I actually got many of our friends in Nepal and many of our friends here to pray and fast with us for my daughter. And then Jesus came. It was a morning that I was praying and I was literally tears, just crying out to God, saying, God... I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to the smell of my carpet, night after night, laying on the ground before her, her door, and I saw a picture of Jesus, and he was crying. And he said, you've never cried alone. Every time you've cried, I've cried with you. And he said, anytime anyone's cried, I've cried with them. And then I just was crying, because I was overwhelmed at the love of Jesus, that every tear of every person, he has cried with them. That's the infinite love of Jesus. As he came in, and visited me in, that ho- in our home that day. And that night, we had a prayer time with, with my daughter that was just so powerful. And we took communion. And for the first time in three months, she didn't have a nightmare. She got to sleep through the whole night. And, and we, we took communion again the next night. No nightmares. Two nights in a row. And that had never happened in months. Two nights in a row, no nightmare. And so I, I bought one of those. Uh, you know, on amazon like those 500 boxes of communion or boxes of 500 communion i said kids we're catholic we're taking communion every night and and we started remembering the body and the blood of jesus the god the, the death and the resurrection of jesus the fact that the blood of jesus marked our home with the love of god and we were not touchable by the enemy and god's grace came to all of us and she has been over a year we've taken communion every single night and there have been no nightmares." And she is just full of Jesus, loves the Lord, serving God, sleeping fine. And, and we're seeing incredible miracles happen in those same very girls. And, 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 and we found out in Nepal that many girls were having the exact same nightmare as my daughter. And we started praying for them and fasting and having them take communion. We're seeing a real breakthrough happen. It's real. It's beautiful when Jesus comes. And there's something powerful about the body and the blood of Christ. When Jesus enters in, there's something powerful about fasting. And I, I can remember saying, God, I, I'm praying every night, why is it not happening? And God's kept saying, it, something is happening, keep praying. Something is happening, keep pressing in. And for some of you, I know you've asked that question, God, I've been praying for so long. Does this even work? Does, is this even doing anything? And God is saying, A lot is happening. Keep pressing in. Keep swinging the ax and that tree will fall. And so with this, we wanted to end with communion, reminding ourselves of the power of when Jesus comes into a situation, the body and the blood of Christ. And some of you, when you're fasting, you might want to take communion. Every day you fast. Uh, If you fast for a season, take communion every day. There's something so powerful about this that has changed our family completely. And so Jesus, we thank you. On the night you went to the cross, you took the bread and you said, this is my body given to you. And we're literally taking this symbol of bringing into our body the healing of Christ, the joy of Christ, the power and the authority of Christ, the peace of Christ into our body right now as we take this bread. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you. The most precious thing that any of us own is our own blood. It's the most personal, precious thing that each one of us have. And you decided to give that to us, to mark us with love, with your own blood, seal. And we thank you that as we take this, it's reminding us, Jesus, you took the cup and you said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And so as we take this cup, we're taking in the forgiveness of Christ, the redemption of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the new life of Christ as we take this cup together. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, that it's a beautiful symbol that you would not let anything stop you from loving us, even giving your own life. And we praise you for the power and the grace that's in Christ, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen, we're just gonna respond this morning Um, and let this just be a moment of response saying, God, I'm gonna partner with you. I'm gonna follow my knees, I'm gonna lift up my hands, I'm gonna lean on you, I'm gonna ask you, and we're responding to an invitation to be in relationship with him. So let's sing this song together. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, that'll belongs to you in every field your feet, I'll sing through the night, oh God, that'll belongs to you, so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees, with my hands lifted high, oh God, that'll belongs to you, in every fear I lay at your feet, I'm gonna sing. No!
0: love to invite our prayer workers forward if you need any kind of prayer special prayer we love to pray with you and uh, uh, this Wednesday night is so important Uh, alpha I know you heard it announced but some of you have no idea what that even means Uh, alpha asks really hard questions and walks through who Jesus is amidst those questions who is Jesus why did Jesus die why did he even have to die? It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, we need that. And so midnight is the last time to sign up. If you're new to our church, I'm telling you, that would be the perfect, perfect way to join us uh, and move forward together as we learn more about Jesus. just want to pray over us, and uh, we'll dismiss. Jesus, I thank you once again uh, for what you've done for us, the battle that's already been won for us to step into. God may this be a church that knows how to pray and seek your face god let people come through the door saying i brought my friend i brought this person and may it not be said they couldn't do it but god may we be a church full of faith who believes that everything is possible for the one who asks jesus i thank you that this kind comes out through prayer and fasting i thank you that we've been equipped now help us to live it Help us to do it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. Have a great Sunday, y'all. God bless.